What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's December 14, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 107. In this episode, I'll talk about how you should approach eating going into the holiday season. Better late than never with that one there, but I think it's good to just come up with a strategy for the rest of the year when it comes to diet specifically so that you're not putting on an extra 5 to 10 pounds before the start of next year. You want to start off the year on the right foot. So I'll try to give you some strategies just to not overeat during the holidays and so that leading up to it, you don't also put on additional weight. And then I'll talk about if you need to do supersets if you don't like to do them. I think there's a pretty obvious answer there. Spoiler alert, no, you don't have to do them, but I'll tell you why in that portion of today's episode. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said... Let's get into it. One of the worst things you can do if you're looking to build your body to be stronger is, believe it or not, cutting out or cutting down on carbs or carbohydrates is one of the worst things you could do. Let that sink in for a second, because later on in the episode, I'll actually be talking about why cutting carbs for the next few weeks might actually be a good idea. And this is why diet recommendations vary depending on the individual and their own goals. That being said, if you're looking to be strong, if that's the top of your priority list of goals, then cutting out carbs is actually not a smart idea. Remember that carbs are our body's quickest and most important way to get fuel to perform all kinds of movements, especially strenuous ones. So if you're focusing on building strength, make sure you're getting in an adequate amount of carbs before your workout. That and getting a good amount of water, so hydrating helps big time also. I had to bring this up um, because I actually had a client pretty recently test a new 3 rep max and it actually didn't go as smoothly as we planned. Which for me, that was super weird because the warm up went well and I usually underestimate those kind of things because I'm not trying to push my client to like 100% or like 105% on those days. But I usually try to get them to at least like 95% of what I know my client's true maxes would be. So I ended up asking him what he had eat, uh, what he had eaten pre-workout and he told me he went no carb for a few days. And then that's when I had to go into my little spiel about how carbs are important for the strength we were trying to build right now. So we had a little compromise. He reduced carbs in other areas of his day and around the workout, he would consume most of his carbs. Next week, we got into it again. Same workout, tried the same weight, and the outcome was a lot better. It was significantly easier for him to rep out that weight. And he probably could have even done more reps if he really wanted to, but we stopped there and... Honestly, that was just an eye-opener for him, and I just told him basically what I've already said. Carbs are an important fuel source, and that's where we get our main energy 
source from, you know? Carbs are our friend when it comes to performance, especially if you have workouts that are longer than an hour. You might want to actually have a carb drink handy, something with quick carbs, electrolytes to just restore the amount of energy and from the sweat you might lose. Long workouts and for HIIT workouts, high intensity interval workouts, you know, they become your friend. I always have my Gatorade handy just in case I need it. Anyways, it's been a pretty standard week for me, really. Just been adjusting to this new gym I've been lifting at, but work's been good. A bunch of in-home clients this week, and my in-person ones are still crushing it. I did have this one day where this trainer put me through an assessment this past week. That was an eye-opener for me. It was just a simple movement screen just to see if I had any severely lacking areas. Short answer there, yes, I have a lot to work on. Luckily, it's good that I volunteered because now I should add those kind of mobility and stability exercises to kind of fix those issues. As soon as I started doing the squat assessment, this trainer goes, oh, I see a problem. In my head, I was like, what are you talking about? My squat is perfect, but (laughs) apparently not. You know, it's hard to judge yourself and the way you move, you'll always be a bit biased there. Unless you're recording yourself and looking back at it, it's usually pretty hard to tell if your movement is off in any sort of way. Anyways, I had some lateral shifting there towards my right side, so that tells you that I'm likely stronger on my right side, which, I mean, that means I have to uh, work on my left side a bit, which is weird because... My right knee is the one that's been bothering me for the past two months or so, but yeah, that's something I have to work on, along with the lack of external and internal rotation of my shoulder. That probably stems from a few issues, tightness in my upper extremities or my upper back. Growing up, I swear I almost needed Tommy John surgery on my right shoulder because of baseball, and last year I dislocated my left shoulder, so I'm sure that doesn't help at all with that, but... I'm now really working on fixing those issues every day with certain targeted mobility exercises. I also did an in-body scanner that shows your weight, body fat percentage, and muscle mass or lean body mass. It may not be the most accurate method out there, but it's better than nothing and is probably going to be more accurate if you take it at the same time every day in the same state. So that means like the same food in you, or maybe if you're fasted food wise and water wise. So yeah, I mean, that wasn't great. Full transparency with you all since you're my people. And because it's good for me to know when I'm reflecting back on how this year went for me, this intro portion of the podcast is really a bit of like, you know, a diary for me. So I'll just mention some of my results for this particular day, 170.9 pounds, and my body fat is actually higher than my lean body mass right now. I'm bulking right now for the next few months, generally speaking. I don't have those specific results in front of me right now, actually. I thought I did. I thought it was here, but it's not here on my desk. But I'll mention that the right side, that's the more dominant side of my body. That's the stronger side right now. So I'm going to be working or focusing on doing unilateral movements for the next few months to try to even my two limbs, you know. I'll probably be doing one of those in-body scans once every month or so, so we'll see how that progresses over this coming year. Like I said, I am bulking right now, so some fat gain is going to show up there and on me physically. So my goals for the next year are to, of course, build some more muscle mass, continuing to fix some of my mobility issues that... 
I mean, they have been progressing in the right direction for the past three years or so. I also got to grow my legs this year and I want to maintain a leaner body for 2023 after I start this cut in a few months. So y'all can join me on that journey. Question one, how to eat going into the holidays. The rest of the year, it's going to be tough staying on top of what you're eating. It's going to be hard to not gain weight for the next two or three weeks here with the holiday season coming up. You have the parties, multiple parties probably. You might have to take leftovers home. That could mean eating out more than usual. You might even notice you're eating more snacks than usual. Chocolates could be pretty common to consume more of during this times. So I think the smartest thing to do, track your food. Now, you don't need to weigh every little thing, but reducing components like the carbs a bit could help maintain your weight. Don't cut it out completely because you still need that energy for day-to-day purposes and activities, but reducing your intake of carbs for the next, I don't know, week and a half or so, you don't even have to change your meals. The meals could just be the same, just whatever carb you have for that meal, reduce it a little bit and you should see some slight weight loss there. Or worst case scenario, you're the same weight going into the Christmas dinner or something. It's better to be uh, the same weight right now that in two weeks time or a little bit lighter than going into the big dinner already having gained two to five pounds. You might be in an even tougher spot if you decide to slim down starting in the new year. And we know that um, altering body composition covers a majority of the new year's resolutions that people make for themselves. So give yourself the best chance of success right now. That means as opposed to being 10 pounds up on new year's day, maybe you're just two to five pounds above what your normal weight is. That makes your goals a little easier to achieve later on just by making those decisions right now. In terms of diet, Of course, you know I love to preach about pushing your protein intake a little bit higher as well. If you eat your proteins first and your vegetables first, of course, that leaves less room in your stomach for the carbs, which might not be as necessary for you. In our world today, carbs are easy to overconsume, so saving all of those carbs for the end of the meal is a good idea. That's even a good idea for the big holiday or the Christmas meal. If you really struggle with overeating, Especially during these times, you can even try some simple strategies like having a big glass of water right before a meal. Again, you're leaving less room in your stomach for you to overeat. Another simple strategy is actually eating with your opposite hand. There's even studies on this that doing something as simple as eating with your left hand mainly, if you're right-handed, this will reduce your calorie intake. They also have studies that have shown that just eating your food or sorry, just chewing your food more as opposed to just stuffing your face can reduce your intake of calories. So trying to swallow your food as fast as possible and then you already have that spoon loaded up again to have your next bite could lead to more calories you're taking in. Who'd have thunk it? If you're trying to cut down on your food intake, chew your food a bit more, slow it down, Maybe that also means not eating distracted with your phone or in front of a TV in front of you watching Netflix, or if you're like me, watching sports highlights and recaps. Pick up a few of these habits for the next week or so, maybe for the rest of this year, so that you can either maintain your current weight or you may lose a few pounds of body fat. 
you're preparing yourself for the abundance of food that's sure to happen. Leading up to the big holiday meals, some of these tips could help you, and they aren't even just for this time of year. You can use these strategies anytime you feel like you're over-consuming on food and calories, like before Thanksgiving or maybe before your birthday or something like that. I've personally been cutting out carbs from one meal for a while now, most of December. That benefits me because I'm eating less carbs throughout the day, plus I'm actually giving my body nutrients that it needs. I've increased my vegetable intake lately, I have a big bowl of greens every day, which is translated into different avenues of my life. A bit of weight loss, skin is a bit clearer, and I feel more energized, surprisingly. You know, uh, yeah, surprisingly, even though I've been eating a bit less than what I'm used to. So this is a really simple strategy. If you're looking to start off the year on the right foot, the work starts now. If you want to have a good 2023, set yourself up for success right now. Question two, are supersets necessary in a workout routine? Long story short, no, they're not necessary at all. So why do people use supersets then? I think the main reason is to really just save time. Sometimes you just want to go to the gym, bang out your exercises, and then get out of there. I worked out actually earlier this week with one of my uh, one of the trainers at my new gym. He's like, oh, I only have 25 minutes before my next client, but I'm down to get a shoulder or an arm pump if you're down. Of course, I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So we did like a tricep superset with some face pulls, used the rope on the cables for that one. That was pretty nuts since the rest times were literally just whenever he was done, I'd go and vice versa. So we were able to do about 15 sets of exercises in like 25 to 30 minutes. So it was just really super efficient. Efficiency is one of the uses for a superset. That's for sure. You can cram in a lot of sets and a lot of volume using them. In case you don't already know, a superset is just hitting two exercises back to back with no rest in between. There's other more advanced variations also. There's like tri-sets too, where you hit three sets or three exercises back to back to back. Again, that could save even more time, but you are sacrificing some performance there because you'll be more tired going into the second and third exercises. But when you're doing supersets, you're not really focused on performance, you won't be hitting PRs, you're usually just focused on getting a pump, which is just pushing as much blood as you can into that muscle, getting that burning sensation feeling. I'll have clients who can only spend maybe 15 to 30 minutes working out sometimes, usually on their off days when they're not with me. If they need to cut a workout short, supersets are a good way to do that. The heart rate is up during those routines and those, I mean, those programs I build, maybe performance suffers a bit, but they're getting in those movements, still practicing those movements, still pushing and moving themselves to a certain extent, which is the most important part. That practice of working on technique also helps in the long term also. But no, supersets are not necessary. I usually just do them, like I said, when I'm lacking on time. Usually straight sets are the best way to go. You're able to perform better. You'll be stronger and build more muscle if you take your proper rest times in most cases. So when do I use them with my clients? Usually my sessions run for an hour. So to start, we'll do some straight sets at first 
And then towards the end, if I notice the last half hour or 20 minutes, we might still have three or four exercises to do. That's where I'll utilize some supersets with my clients if it's necessary and if they're conditioned enough. Instead of trying to cram in four exercises in 20 minutes, which could mean reducing the rest time in between sets if I'm doing straight sets, that makes it a bit difficult. So again, like I said, if you're lacking on time, this is where supersets really do shine. That's when there's an advantage to using them. I can just hit back-to-back -back movements with no rest in between. I'll usually do antagonist muscles in this case, so opposite muscles, maybe biceps and triceps on a cable machine since you don't need to hog up two machines. I'll usually do exercises that don't hit the same muscle group. Again, this depends on the client. So maybe some tricep rope pushdowns with a bicep curl on the cables or a shoulder press with a lateral raise, something like that, just to save time. As opposed to doing a shoulder press, resting for a minute or 90 seconds, then doing another set of shoulder press, and then after the three sets, doing lateral raises, and then another three sets of arms, that could take more time than I have with them, so I mainly use supersets and some of those advanced techniques like drop sets too. I use them as more of a time saver, especially if I want to be there when the client is performing some of these movements just to make sure they're doing it all properly. Another time where supersets come in handy, I've briefly mentioned it already, it's if you're chasing a pump. Supersets aren't great when it comes to improving strength, but if we're talking about hypertrophy, growing the muscles, this is a way to push yourself in a different way. You'll get a burn in multiple areas of the body, just pushing blood into the area. If you pair that with shorter rest times, you're able to really get a juicy pump there and you're creating those micro tears in the muscle that you're trying to get. So next time they'll build up stronger and bigger for next time. So if you want to do supersets, go ahead and do them. If not though, you don't have to do them in order to make progress. This question specifically just came from someone who was asking me if they have to do supersets if they hate doing them. So in that case, no, they're not necessary. But if you're looking to save time in your workouts, that's where they can really shine. Especially if you're someone who can't do our workouts all the time, which might happen for some workouts for the rest of the year, just because of how busy our schedules can be. And that concludes episode 107 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.